part one story three of blazed trail stories and stories of the wild life by stuart edward white this librivox recording is in the public domain story three the scaler once morrison and daly of saginaw but then lumbering at beeson lake lent some money to a man named crothers taking in return a mortgage on what was known as the crothers track of white pine in due time as crothers did not liquidate the firm became possessed of this tract they hardly knew what to do with it the timber was situated some fifty miles from the railroad in a country that threw all sorts of difficulties across the logger's path and had to be hauled from nine to fifteen miles to the river both morrison and daly groaned in spirit supplies would have to be toted in to last the entire winter for when the snow came communication over fifty miles of forest road would be as good as cut off whom could they trust among the lesser foremen of their woods force whom could they spare among the greater at this juncture they called to them tim shearer their walking boss and the greatest riverman in the state you've got to job her said tim promptly who would be hired at any price to go up in that country on a ten-mile haul demanded daly skeptically just one man replied tim and i know where to find him he returned with an individual at the sight of whom the partners glanced toward each other in doubt and dismay but there seemed no help for it a contract was drawn up in which the firm agreed to pay six dollars a thousand merchantable scale for all saw logs banked at a rollway to be situated a given number of miles from the forks of cass branch while on his side james burke better known as the rough red agreed to put in at least three and one-half million feet after the latter had scrawled his signature he lurched from the office softly rubbing his hairy freckled hand where the pen had touched it that means a crew of wild irishmen said morrison and that means they'll just slaughter the pine added daly they'll saw high and crooked they'll chuck the tops who are we going to send to scale for em morrison sighed i hate to do it there's only fitz can make it go so then they called to them another of their best men named fitzpatrick and sent him away alone to protect the firm's interest in the depths of the wilderness the rough red was a big broad-faced man with eyes far apart and a bushy red beard he wore a dingy mackinaw coat a dingy black-and-white checked flannel shirt dingy blue trousers tucked into high socks and lumberman's rubbers the only spot of colour in his costume was the flaming red sash of the voyageur which he passed twice around his waist when at work his little wide eyes flickered with a baleful wicked light his huge voice bellowed through the woods in a torrent of imprecations and commands his splendid muscles swelled visibly even under his loose blanket coat as he wrenched suddenly and savagely at some man's stubborn cant-hook stock a hint of reluctance or opposition brought his fist to the mark with irresistible impact then he would pluck his victim from the snow and kick him to work with a savage jest that raised a laugh from everybody excepting the object of it at night he stormed back through the forest at the head of his band shrieking wild blasphemy at the silent night irreverent domineering bold with a certain tang of irish good-nature that made him the beloved of irishmen 
and at the trail's end the unkempt ribald crew swarmed their dark and dirty camp as a band of pirates a galleon in the work was little system but much efficacy the men gambled drank fought without a word of protest from their leader with an ordinary crew such performances would have meant slight accomplishment but these wild irishmen with their bloodshot eyes their ready jests their equally ready fists plunged into the business of banking logs with all the abandon of a carouse and the work was done law in that wilderness was not saving that which the rough red chose to administer except in one instance penalty more severe than a beating there was none for the men could not equal their leader in breaking the greater and lesser laws of morality the one instance was that of young barney mallon who while drunk mishandled a horse so severely as to lame it him the rough red called to formal account don't you know that horse can't be had he demanded singularly enough without an oath come here the man approached with a single powerful blow of a starting bar the rough red broke one of the bones of his tibia try the lameness yourself said the rough red grimly he glared about through the dimness at his silent men then stalked through the door into the cook camp had he killed barney mallon outright it would have been the same no one in the towns would have been a word the wiser on thanksgiving day the entire place went on a prolonged drunk the rough red distinguished himself by rolling the round stove through the door into the snow he was badly burned in accomplishing this delicate jest but minded the smart no more than he did the admiring cheers of his maudlin but emulative mates fitzpatrick extinguished a dozen little fires that the coals had started shifted the intoxicated mallon's leg out of the danger of someone's falling on it and departed from that roaring hell-hole to the fringe of the solemn forest and uh, this brings us to fitzpatrick fitzpatrick was a tall slow man with a face built square the lines of his brows his mouth and his jaw ran straight across those of his temples cheeks and nose straight up and down his eye was very quiet and his speech rare when he did talk it was with deliberation for days sometimes he would ejaculate nothing but monosyllables looking steadily on the things about him he had walked in ahead of the tote team late one evening in the autumn after the rough red and his devils had been at work a fortnight the camp consisted quite simply of three buildings which might have been identified as a cook camp a sleeping camp and a stable fitzpatrick entered the sleeping camp stood his slender scaling rule in the corner and peered about him through the dusk of a single lamp he saw a round stove in the centre a littered and dirty floor bunks filled with horrible straw and worse blankets jumbled here and there old and dirty clothes drying fetidly he saw an unkempt row of hard-faced men along the deacon seat reckless in bearing with the light of the daredevil in their eyes where is the boss asked fitzpatrick steadily the rough red lurched his huge form toward the intruder i am your scaler explained the latter where is the office you can have the bunk beyond indicated the rough red surly you have no office then what's good enough for the men is good enough for a boss and what's good enough for the boss is good enough for any blank blank scaler it is not good enough for this one replied fitzpatrick calmly 
i have no notion of sleepin and workin in no such noise and dirt i need an office to keep me books in the van not a log do i scale for you jimmy burke till you give me a fit place to tally in and so it came about though the struggle lasted three days the rough red stormed restlessly between the woods and the camp delivering tremendous broadsides of oaths and threats fitzpatrick sat absolutely imperturbable on the deacon's seat looking straight in front of him his legs stretched comfortably aslant one hand supporting the elbow of the other which in turn held his short briar pipe good morning to you jimmy burke said he each morning and after that uttered no word until the evening when it was good night to ye jimmy burke with a final rap 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 of his pipe the cook a thin-faced sly man with a penchant for the police gazette secretly admired him look out for the rough red he'll do ya he would whisper hoarsely when he passed the silent scaler but in the three days the rough red put his men to work on a little cabin fitzpatrick at once took his scaling rule from the corner and set out into the forest his business was by measuring the diameter of each log to ascertain and tabulate the number of board feet put in by the contractor on the basis of his single report james burke would be paid for the season's work inevitably he at once became james burke's natural enemy and so of every man in the crew with the possible exception of the cook suppose you log a knoll which your eye tells you must grow at least a half million suppose you work conscientiously for twelve days suppose your average has always been between forty and fifty thousand a day and then suppose the scaler's sheets credit you with only a little over the four hundred thousand what would you think of it would you not be inclined to suspect that the scaler had cheated you in favour of his master that you had been compelled by false figures to work a day or so for nothing fitzpatrick scaled honestly for he was a just man but exactitude and optimism of estimate never have approximated and they did not in this case the rough red grumbled accused swore threatened fitzpatrick smoked peerless and said nothing still it was not pleasant for him alone there in the dark wilderness fifty miles from the nearest settlement without a human being with whom to exchange a friendly word the two men early came to a clash over the methods of cutting the rough red and his crew cut anywhere everywhere anyhow the easiest way was theirs small timber they skipped large timber they sawed high tops they left rather than trim them into logs fitzpatrick would not have the pine slaughtered you'll bend your backs a little jimmy burke said he and cut the stumps lower to the ground there's a bunch of shingles at least in every stump you've left and you must saw straighter and the contract calls for eight inches and over mind you that don't go skippin the little ones because they don't scale you high tis in the contract so and i won't have the tops left there's many a good log in them and you trim them fair and clean go to hell you shouted the rough red where the blazes did you learn so much a loggin i logged the way me father logged and i'm not to be taught by a high banker from the muskegon never would he acknowledge the wrong nor promise the improvement but both were there and both he and fitzpatrick knew it the rough red chafed frightfully but in a way his hands were tied he could do nothing without the report and it was too far out to send for another scaler even if daly would have given him one 
finally in looking over a skidway he noticed that one log had not been blue penciled across the end that meant it had not been scaled and that in turn meant that he the rough red would not be paid for his labor in cutting and banking it at once he began to bellow through the woods hey fitzpatrick come here you blank 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 a son of a blank come here the sealer swung leisurely down the travoy trail and fronted the other with level eyes well said he why ain't that log marked i called it ain't it sound and good is there a mark on it a streak of punk or rot ain't it good timber what the hell's the matter with it you tried to do me out of that you damn skunk a log is called or thrown out when for any reason it will not make good timber i'll tell you jimmy burke replied fitzpatrick calmly the stick is sound and good or was before your murderin crew got hold of it but if you'll take a squint at the butt of it you'll see that your gang has sawed her on a six-inch slant they've wasted a good foot o the log i spoke of that afore and now i give you warnin that i call every log big or little punk or sound that ain't sawed square and true across the butt the log is sound and good and you'll scale it or i'll know the reason why i will not replied fitzpatrick the following day he called a log in another and distant skidway whose butt showed a slant of a good six inches the day following he called another of the same sort on still another skidway he examined it closely then sought the rough red it is useless jimmy burke said he to be haulin of the same poor log from skidway to skidway you can shift her to every travoy trail in the crother tract but it will do ye a little good i'll call it wherever i find it and never will ye get the scale of that log the rough red raised his hand then dropped it again whirled away with a curse whirled back with another and spat out by god fitzpatrick you go too far you've hounded me and harried me through the woods all the year by god tis a good stick and ye shall scale it yo and your old fellows is robbers alike cried one of the men fitzpatrick turned on his heel and resumed his work the men ceased theirs and began to talk that night was christmas eve after supper the rough red went directly from the cook camp to the men's camp fitzpatrick sitting lonely in the little office heard the sounds of debauch rising steadily like mysterious storm winds in distant pines he shrugged his shoulders and tallied his day's scaling and turned into his bunk wearily for of holidays there are none in the woods save sunday about midnight some one came in fitzpatrick roused from his sleep by aimless blunderings struck a light and saw the cook looking uncertainly toward him through blood-clotted lashes the man was partly drunk partly hurt but more frightened they're too big for me too big for me he repeated thickly fitzpatrick kicked aside the blankets and set foot on the floor let me stay pleaded the cook i won't bother you i won't even make a noise i'm skeered course you can stay replied the scaler come here he washed the man's forehead and bound up the cut with surgeon's plaster from the van the man fell silent looking at him in wonderment for such kindness four hours later dimly through the mist of his broken sleep fitzpatrick heard the crew depart for the woods in the early dawn on the crest of some higher waves of consciousness were borne to him drunken shouts maudlin blasphemies after a time he arose and demanded breakfast 
the cook pale and nervous served him the man was excited irresolute eager to speak finally he dropped down on the bench opposite fitzpatrick and began fitz said he don't go in the woods to-day the men is fair wild with the drink and the rough red is beside itself last night i heerd them they're goin to skid the butt log again and they swear that if you call it again they will kill you they mean it that's all why they went to the woods this day fitzpatrick swallowed his coffee in silence in silence he arose and slipped on his mackinaw blanket coat in silence he thrust his breechwood tablets into his pocket and picked his pliable scaler's rule from the corner where are you goin asked the cook anxiously i'm goin to do the work they pay me to do answered fitzpatrick he took his way down the trail his face set straight before him the smoke of his breath streaming behind the first skidway he scaled with care laying his rule flat across the face of each log entering the figures in his many-leaved tablets of beech marking the timber swiftly with his blue crayon the woods were empty no ring of the axe no shout of the driver no fall of the tree broke the silence fitzpatrick comprehended he knew that at the next skidway the men were gathered waiting to see what he would do gathered openly at last in that final hostility which had been maturing all winter he knew besides that most of them were partly drunk and wholly reckless and that he was alone nevertheless after finishing conscientiously skidway number one he moved on to skidway number two there as he expected the men were waiting in ominous silence their eyes red with debauch and hate fitzpatrick paid them no heed but set about his business methodically deliberately he did the work then when the last pencil mark had been made and the tablets had been closed with a snap of finality the rough red stepped forward you have finished with this skidway asked the foreman in soft cat tones i have answered fitzpatrick briefly you have forgot to scale one stick no there is a stick still not marked i called it why it was not sawed straight fitzpatrick threw his head back proudly answering his man at ease as an accomplished swordsman the rough red shifted his feet almost awed in spite of himself one after another the men dropped their eyes and stood ill at ease the scaler turned away his heel caught a root he stumbled instantly the pack was on him for the power of his eye was broken mad with rage they kicked and beat and tore at fitzpatrick's huddled form long after consciousness had left it then an owl hooted from the shadow of the wood or a puff of wind swept by or a fox barked or some other little thing happened so that in blind unreasoning panic they fled the place was deserted save for the dark figure against the red and white snow fitzpatrick regained his wits in pain and so knew he was still on earth every movement cost him a moan and some agency outside himself inflicted added torture after a long time he knew it was the cook who was kindly kneading his limbs and knuckling his hair the man proved to be in a maze of wonderment over his patient's tenacity of life i watched ye he murmured soothingly i did not dare interfere but i came to you as soon as i could see here's a fire that i built for ye and some tea 
take a little and no bones broke true for ye you're a hearty man and strong with the big muscles on ye fit to fight the rough red man to man get the use of your legs darlin and i'll take ye to camp for it's fair drunk they are by now sure and i told ye they'd kill ye but they didn't murmured fitzpatrick with a gleam of humour sure twas not their fault nor your own hours later as it seemed they moved slowly in the direction of camp the cold had stiffened fitzpatrick's cuts and bruises every step shot a red wave of torture through his arteries to his brain they came in sight of camp it was silent both knew that the men had drunk themselves into a stupor i'd like to kill the whole layout as she sleeps snarled the cook shaking his fist so would i replied fitzpatrick then as they looked a thin wreath of smoke curled from under the open doorway and spread lazily in the frosty air another followed another still another the cabin was afire they've kicked over the stove again said fitzpatrick seating himself on a stump his eyes blazed with wrath and bitterness what are you going to do asked the cook sit here replied fitzpatrick grimly the cook started forward stop shouted the scaler fiercely if you move a step i'll break your back the cook stared at him through saucer eyes but they'll be burnt alive he objected wildly they ought to be snarled the scaler it ain't their fault i'm here to help them tis their own deed that i'm now lying bent there in the forest unable to help myself do you understand i'm yet out there in the woods ah weera weera wailed the cook wringing his hands the poor lads he began to weep fitzpatrick stared straight in front of him for a moment then he struck his forehead and with wonderful agility considering the injuries he had but just received tore down the hill in the direction of the smouldering cabin the cook followed him joyfully together they put out the fire the men snored like beasts undisturbed by all the tumult tis the soft heart you have after all fitz said the cook delightedly as the two washed their hands in preparation for a lunch you could not bear to see the lads burn fitzpatrick glowered at him for an instant from beneath his square brows they can go to hell for all of me he answered finally but my people want those logs put in this winter and there's nobody else to put them in End of story three.